Well, we made it through another season and it was a really, really good season. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. You know, we've talked about food a whole bunch, but this was food from a whole new perspective from eating organ meats and beef tongue to solving the science behind sourdough to the question of whether or not vegetables are bad for you. We covered a whole lot of ground. And it's been pretty cool to see our downloads per week are higher than they've ever been. Who knew? People like food just as much as I do. So thanks to everyone who shared episodes and gave feedback from the episodes. Uh, it was really fun to explore this topic with you. Uh, I will be announcing the topic for next season at the end of this episode, so stick with me. But basically, I'm not talking about food today. I'm just going to give you an update on what I've been up to, where my brain has been. This is going to be a little bit of a rambly episode. I don't have a big, giant, sparkly takeaway for you. So if you don't like rambly episodes, probably don't want to listen to this one. <laughs> will you learn something in the process? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see what happens. So first off, just a little bit of an update of the behind the scenes of what we've been doing around the homestead. You know, sometimes I talk about that in episodes, but this season we've been doing so many interviews with so many cool people that I haven't really shared much about what I have going on. So spring is arrived for most of you guys, but it's not quite here for us. Uh, March is our snowy, wintry season because pretty much most of the months are snowy wintry seasons for us. But the days are getting lighter and there is that different feel in the air. The other day I was driving home and I don't know, it's not like we have a bunch of green grass or a bunch of flowers, but you could just tell spring was coming. I just love that feeling. Just the, the air feels like pregnant with possibility. It's just such a good feeling. So it's coming. You know, that also means we have a lot of road closures right now because of the blowing snow and a lot of really wet snowstorms. But that comes with the territory for us here in Wyoming. No complaints or maybe a few complaints, but not too many. Um, we are in the thick of calving out our heifers. So as you know, we have our little teeny herd of milk cows and personal cows here on the homestead. Then we lease ground down the road for our big herd of Herefords, Hereford heifers. And they're calving. So that means Christian is gone most of the mornings. He's gone most of the evenings. Sometimes he's gone in the middle of the night. So calving's pretty chaotic. And if you talk to any ranch wife, not that I'm like an official ranch wife, but sort of, if you talk to any wife of anyone involved in calving season or someone who is involved in calving season, there are extra bags under the eyeballs, a little extra <laughs> level of stress and chaos. So uh, the calves, the babies are fun. It's just a lot of extra work to make sure everything uh, happens as it should and to prevent as much issue as possible. Christian posted a picture the other day on his Instagram of a calf. It was kind of a gruesome picture. He was trying to make a point, and I think it was a good point. But it was a calf that was half eaten by coyotes, which that happens sometimes. This is still the Wild West here. We don't have people to take care of predators for us. So Every once in a while, they will come through and get to a calf that's brand new, and the moms will try to defend the calf, but sometimes they cannot do that successfully. So Christian rolled up the other day on a brand new calf that was eaten, and he took a picture of it and posted about it. Anyway, you can go see his his post if you want if you want to. But somebody commented and said, "Shame on you! You should keep your cows in a barn when they calve." And so it's just funny the different perspectives of, that folks have, or maybe a lack of understanding of of how it works. And when you have hundreds of cattle, you can't always keep them in a barn. So that means that you're out there driving through the herd multiple times per day and throughout the night just to make sure that everybody's okay. 
So it's exciting and it's special, but it's also exhausting. <laughs> um, we are still going strong with shipping out beef to the country. We've been shipping a lot of boxes. We actually have a special right now. Um, if you go to the website, genuinebeefco.com and go to the bundles page, you'll see it. It's a spring sampler for 15% off. So if you want to try our beef, it's grass-fed, grass-finished, dry-aged, vacuum-packed. We do not give our beef any additional growth hormones and steroids. I have to say it like that because every time I say no hormones, people yell at me because all animals and people and everything has hormones, right? When I say that I'm referring to, we're not adding anything. We're not giving them shots of anything to make them grow faster. That's what that means. But it's as natural as it can possibly be. We don't feed our cattle any grain. They get grass from beginning to end. So give it a try. See what you think. Genuinebeefco.com. So what else has been happening? Oh, Soda Fountain. Soda Fountain is really, really close to being done which I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know what I'm going to do when it's done. People are like, are we going to throw a party? And I'm like, maybe I might throw a party or I might just collapse in a pile. <laughs> I have not yet decided, but um, it's been a doozy of a project. Amazing and fun and rewarding, but project of a lifetime to be sure. So as we speak, Christian is putting up the tin ceiling. It's kind of the grand finale of the project. We have our vintage looking floor tiles. We rebuilt the bars. We painted all the ickiness on the walls, got rid of all that. We um, have new light fixtures that are period appropriate. And now we have this amazing coppery stamped tin vintage looking ceiling. And it's like mm, icing on a cake. It's so good. So I have been posting pictures when I think about it over on the Chugwater Soda Fountain Instagram and Facebook pages. If you're in the area, Southeast Wyoming this summer, come by and see us. We've actually been open this whole time. A lot of folks assumed we were closed. We weren't. We were still open. It was a little chaotic sometimes. A lot chaotic sometimes. Um, and every once in a while, we'll have a customer eating and, you know, there'll be some construction happening in the corner. And I'm like, sorry, you get, you know, a free entertainment with, with your meal. Um, but it's been good and it's going to be done. And it feels pretty cool in there. We have a few touches left to go, but I'm really excited. So. Uh, I might have to do a wrap-up episode on that once it's done and I have some time to organize my thoughts. It's been it's been a thing. And I, I'm still proud of us for doing it, but it's been a project. Um, okay, what else? Oh, writing a book. I'm still plugging away on the manuscript. Writing a book is a really weird experience because, you know, it's a long process, number one. I, I My due date or my due date deadline deadline is middle of May of this year, like in a month and a half or a month or whatever. And so I'm super engaged in this now, but it won't hit shelves till fall of 2023. That's the proposed date. So it's a long process. And that means like I'm living in my word processor, it feels like at the moment, like I'm eating, sleeping, dr literally dreaming about this book. I go to bed thinking of ideas, writing ideas down my notebook by my bed. I wake up and I'm like, ready to roll on it. It's all consuming, but it's not that exciting for the people around me, right? So like my head's in the book, living in the book, and I'm like talking about it and everyone else is like, like, whoopee, like no big deal, right? You're just typing words on the page. It's just a funny dynamic. It's hard to express my excitement right now because it doesn't get exciting for the rest of the world until it has a cover and it's sitting on the shelf. So it's been a really good process. I 
I think I like writing. I think I like it. I think maybe I could be a writer someday. Sounds funny to say, but I've always, or I've never thought of myself as a, as a writer, but I don't, I, I really enjoy the process. It's hard, but it's good. And this book is actually not a cookbook and it's not a how-to. So it's a stretch for what I normally create. You know, I'm always kind of the teacher and always the educator as far as how to do this and how to do that. This one's different. It's requiring a lot of deep thought. Um, it is a reading book, like an actual book that you read. Uh, did I tell you that story? I had When I was working with my agent, we were mapping out the proposal and trying to figure out what it would look like and what this book would be. And... I was like, when I, when I talk to publishers, how do I, how do I tell them that it's not a cookbook and it's not a how-to book? Like, what is it called when it's just a book? And he's like, it's called a reading book. <laughs> I was like, is that what's really called? He's like, mm-hmm. So now I know it is a reading book and mine is a reading book. Like you sit down and read it with a cup of coffee. I think I belabored this point. I will move on. But anyway, it's a lot of work to write a reading book. That's not just pictures and tutorials. Like it's stretching parts of my brain. I have not stretched in a while and I love it but it's taking everything I have. So I'm 57,000 words in, 80,000-ish is my goal. So I'm, I'm doing good, but I got a ways to go. So that has also contributed to my absence on social media. Like not full absence, I'm posting every once in a while on Instagram stories and I have scheduled posts that go out on Facebook, but I just have not felt inclined to post like I normally do on Instagram and I've been kind of playing with Twitter, but not really, but mostly on Instagram. And I, I know some of you have noticed and have asked if I'm okay. I'm doing fine. I'm just going through this weird shift right now. And I still don't really know how to put it into words. Um, I, it started for me last summer. And I, I think I talked about it a little bit on the podcast and I sent out an email and I was explaining kind of why I was going to stop with my super regular, consistent content creation. And I'm still just sorting through that and figuring out what that looks like for me. And I think I, I'm honestly, I'm blaming part of this lack of interest in social media on this book writing process, because I've noticed as I allow my brain to engage in deeper thought and deeper concepts, which is what writing a book requires. And I'm also reading a ton right now for research and um, your research for the book, basically. And the, the more I allow my brain to sit in those deep areas of thought, the less exciting social media feels to me. Have you guys ever had that happen? It's a side effect I was not expecting. And I'm definitely not complaining. I think it's probably a healthy thing. But man, I, I'll log on to Instagram, I'll scroll through and everything just, it just doesn't feel exciting. And I just don't feel compelled to post over there. Um, you know, I used to post almost every day and I just lost that interest. So I don't know, where will that leave me? As a social media creator, I'm not really sure. I'll, I'm just trying to feel that out. But that's the scoop over there. Um, I I feel like the homesteading niche, 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 whatever you want to call it, has changed a lot over the last two years, which it's a good thing. I mean, there's more people there. There's more content there. But also there's more people and there's more content. And I feel like a lot of the same things are being rehashed and reposted over and over again. And it's just really noisy feeling and kind of generic feeling to me right now. And I don't, I don't feel compelled to add to that noise. I want to, if I'm going to publish something, whether it's a video or an email or an Instagram post, I want it to be really meaningful and really juicy. And 
something that makes you think. So I'm, I'm thinking about what that means. And I'm sure this is far more information than you guys care or need to know, but that's, that's where I'm at. Like I've said before, sometimes this podcast helps me sort through my own brain thoughts. Um, I saw a post on Instagram the other day by Mark Manson. He's a New York Times bestselling author. His most famous book is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a fill in the blank. And I don't follow him religiously, but for some reason he popped up on my feed and he, the post was fascinating. You can go find it, I'm sure. But it was about the bifurcation of attention. And he said, or I think some research he'd found or whatever, he noticed that the attention spans of people, of humans are changing. So the kind of mid-level content, like uh, a sitcom or just like a 30 minute video, like those are kind of sort of falling out of favor. And people are really gravitating towards two extremes and how they consume information. They either want like the 15 second reel or TikTok video, it's like super fast, or they want to go super deep, like the binging of the Netflix series or a super lengthy book series. And he was just making some observations about that. But I've been thinking about it ever since I read it. And I think there's something to that. I've noticed that in myself where, you know, I'm just not really motivated or interested in, you know, a, a mid-level show or just a single book. I really want to go deep, deep, deep right now. I'm curious if any of the rest of you have been feeling this. I don't know if it's a symptom of, you know, being of us all being immersed in technology for as long as we have, or if it's a leftover of COVID land where we all, you know, our world's got kind of shaken up and changed. And now we're, this is just one way we respond or I don't know, but I think it's an interesting concept. So I've been craving the deep lately, deep books, deep conversations, deep thoughts. I've just lost most interest in shallow and cliche and all of that. So anyway, told you I was going to ramble. So that's, that's me rambling. Um, I will show you my books I'm reading because you guys always seem to enjoy that. I have, well, I have three here. One's on my nightstand because I was reading it last night. Um, but I'm trying to read four to five books a month right now. I set that goal in December and I've been sticking with it. If you aren't a reader, I would highly recommend picking up that habit or, or starting that habit. You don't have to read five books a month, but just reading something is it's good. Like I've always been a reader. I've always had something in the background that I've been working on as far as, you know, different books, but I don't know. I reading as much as I have the last three months has changed me. I feel like it's almost rewiring my brain in a good way. And it was really hard for me to sit down and focus with the books initially. Like I think I was so used to the social media, the quickness of scrolling that I had to really work with myself to be like, sit down and focus on this Jill and don't skim it. But once I worked through that initial pushback that I was getting from my brain, uh, I've been able to dig in and wow, the connections that happen as you read are just fascinating to me. So anyway, uh, the first book I've been reading or I am reading right now is Reclaiming Conversations by Sherry Turkle. And about halfway through, it's super good. Posted it on Instagram the other day. A bunch of you asked me about it. I am really enjoying it. It's also like once you start to understand what this thing is doing to us, it's really scary. So also motivating to push it aside for better activity. So Reclaiming Conversations, Sherry Turkle. Uh, I just finished this one, Sacred Cow, Sorry for the Glare by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. I don't know if I can make it better. I think I might be no worse. 
Um, the case for better meat, really, really good. Uh, as many of you probably know, beef is the scapegoat right now for all that ails society. People are blaming everything on beef from climate change to health problems. Um, this kind of helps you sort through the noise. It's evidence-based, it's science-based, it's very balanced. It was excellent and just eye-opening. I'm going to try to have Diana on the podcast here. I just got to get lined up with our schedules. Uh, also finish this one, Last Child in the Woods by Richard Louvre. Again, sorry for the glare. This one's so good. Um, I listened to part of it. I started listening to it and then I went and bought it because I just needed to have it. I'm, I don't know about you. I absorb more information when I see it on a page, especially when I can highlight it. So I can read or I can listen to certain books on audio when I'm driving or doing dishes. And that's fine. But if it's something that I really want to absorb or if it's a meaty book or a deeper book, I have to see it. I think it's just a difference in learning style. So I like to own books that I really enjoy. And this is one I thought was worth buying. A ton of amazing studies and evidence and research backing up. But you guys, I think you already know this. Nature is good for us. It's good for our children. And it's not just, oh, it's you know a fun thing to do. Like It's crucially important for us in our development and our uh, mental health. So highly recommended. And then this one might just be the, one of my favorite books I've read in the last year. Um, the Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. And it's about, uh, is, the subtitle is Embrace Discomfort to Reclaim Your Wild, Happy, Healthy Self. Really good. Like, you know, I'm aware of the benefits of doing the hard thing, but the way he outlined that with sources and research and data to back it up and the way he just told it in story format. He's a really good writer. Man, it was good. I'm going to read that one again. I highlighted the heck out of that book. So highly recommend those ones. If you guys like books as much as I do, or you want to like books, we are going to be starting a monthly book club within Freedom Foundry. I don't think I've talked a lot about Freedom Foundry on the podcast yet, but it is our new community for folks who are looking to increase their self-sufficiency and their autonomy. So we're focusing on a different topic each month. Each month, you get a different playbook of videos and resources. Um, and let's see, first, the first month was how to leave your mortgage behind in a very legal, ethical way, promise. And it was really good. People loved it. Uh, month two was how to use herbs for cold and flu and kind of those things that ail families and individuals right now. And upcoming month is going to be all about milk cows. But whether you come in now or you come in um, or you came in at the beginning, you get access to all of that content, plus a whole lot more, plus the book cup. So if you want to check it out, it's freedomfoundry.us. We'll drop that in the show notes. But I've been investing a lot of my time there. And like I said, I'm into the just deep and building those relationships and creating that community. And that's a place where I'm doing that a bunch right now. So if that sounds interesting to you. Come join us. So I think that was everything I wanted to tell you guys. Again, I know it was rambly, but you were warned. <laughs> um, oh, next season's theme. So as usual, I'm going to take a little bit of a break between these seasons, just also to give myself a little bit of time to work on this manuscript. And then we're going to come back and our topic will be homesteading unconventionally. So, you know, as I've been reading and researching so much lately, I'm more and more convinced that the way that we've been living, our, the track our society is on is just not going to work for a whole lot longer. There's some stuff that has to change. But the tension that I'm left with when I come to those conclusions is, well, 
has something has to change, but we know that not everyone can move to Wyoming on 60 acres. Like that's not doable and that's not feasible. So how can these ideas work for a broader swath of people? And so that's what we're going to be focusing on in this season is homesteading or things like homesteading, if you want to call it old fashioned on purpose living instead of homesteading, how to do that in different stages of life, whether you're older or you're younger, maybe you're single, you're not married, how to do it with uh, lots of land, little bits of land, urban settings, um, hard, harsh climates, tropical climates, we're going to cover all the bases. So no matter what your situation is, hopefully we should have some ideas for you even if you don't want to go whole hog homestead, um, you can start becoming more self-sufficient and more independent. So should be good. We have some really awesome guests lined up and I'm excited. So that's all I have for you today, friends. Um, as always, if you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Instagram. I'll probably start posting more over there someday, but you know, and then uh, join me over on the email list as well send out occasional emails, not too much, won't be spamming you, but you can find the links for all of that down in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening, friends. Thank you for all your support and sharing these episodes. I so appreciate you being here and we will catch up on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.